let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Uh, if you just tuned in, go back and listen to the last hour. Uh, listen to it on the podcast or you're a Blaze TV subscriber, so go back and and, uh, and watch it later today. Uh, you'll understand why I'm saying you've got to get your finances in order today. You have to get your finances in order. In the third hour, I'm going to be talking a little bit about... Uh, what one of the major grocery stores uh, and uh, one of the world's billionaires is saying about the prices at grocery stores. He said it's about to go out of control. Please, uh, if you uh, can refi and get a lower rate or you can do a consolidation loan, please do it now. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Lock that rate in. AmericanFinancing.net. Back in just a minute. number one of today's broadcast i talked about the banking situation and you you've got to stop thinking of this new regulation that is still in the reconciliation package that they are most likely going to pass you've got to stand up and tell all of your friends to call this bill must not pass it is the it's the regulation that the IRS can snoop on you. We've been paying attention to, well, wait a minute, $600 or $10,000. Uh, are they really going after the rich? Who are they going after? We told you last hour what the real instrument that they are looking to obtain is, and that is control of your finances. It is the second part of the modern monetary theory. We are, this is the instrument. This is probably the most important instrument that they can gain. The other is high tech in a way that we have never seen before. And we're going to talk about that in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. When the warranty on your car runs out, what's the backup plan? For something go, going wrong, you have to get repairs. And if you have answered anything other than car shield, you might want to uh, rethink that because you're in for a very expensive trip to the mechanic shop when the day finally comes. But you can go out and buy a new car. I mean, maybe it's so expensive that you just have to go buy a new car. Did you see the price of, I think it's a Ford, is up 35% this year? Incredible. <laughs> the price of a new car up 35%. And that's if you can get them. Yeah. I mean, I've been looking around at new cars lately and either they're uh, you know 6 months delayed or you oh. just look at like what is the what, what you search search inventory and there's just nothing. <laughs> lower your expectations, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Capitalist. Mm. Ro lower your expectations. 
car shield is a win-win. So when we're all living in a Cuba-like existence, our cars will run and run and run. And when you're in a pinch, you don't want to be on the hook to pay thousands of dollars. Get coverage today and see why car shield cars go further. Carshield.com slash back save 10%. Carshield.com slash back deductible may apply. Rachel Bavard is the senior policy director for the Consumer, uh, or I'm sorry, Conservative Partnership Institution. She's also the co-author of Conservative: Knowing What to Keep. Um, she recently authored uh, something at the Federalist uh, that uh, was about the race for AI dominance, and uh, we are, according to uh, you know the people who know. We are sadly way, way behind. Uh, and what does that mean for us? I thought I'd get her on uh, to talk about it. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Hi there. Thanks for having me. I'm well. So uh, are, are we tell, tell us tell us the thesis here um, on the race for AI dominance and, and how we really can't trust Google and where we are as a nation So there's been a lot of attention paid over the last decade to the development of artificial intelligence, because as Vladimir Putin, of all people, uh, recently ominously said in 2017, whoever wins the race to AI is going to control the world. And for those not familiar with what artificial intelligence is, it's essentially intelligent software. It's intelligent computer programming that can learn, uh, that can take on sort of human decision-making characteristics. And, you know, naturally, this has many, many consequences, not just for, for making life easier, but also a lot of very sort of concerning consequences for civil liberties, you know, changing the nature of war, you know, all these, all these different areas. So the U.S. has been comfortably leading in sort of the research and development angle of AI really up until recently. And the U.S. has been shocked by how fast China has been nipping at our heels. And this recently came to a head when the Pentagon software chief actually resigned in September. And in doing so, he cited the fact that, look, he said DOD is too bureaucratic to keep up with any reasonable metric to compete with China on this. And he also cited Google. He said, we are also hamstrung by companies like Google who refuse to work with the United States government. And why this matters is because Google is home to the most brilliant and brightest minds in AI, right? Google has a monopoly on that talent Mm -hmm. and Google won't work with the United States government. And in fact, Google is actively working with the Chinese uh, and sort of hedging their bets about who's going to win this war. If it's America, if it's China, Google doesn't really seem to care. And there's a host of other reasons why I think relying on Google for this service is a questionable wager. So we are talking about AI, but unlike anything that anyone really understands, we're talking about most likely AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, which can um, think like a human being, except uh, a lot faster and a lot more. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it, it can it can be used for all kinds of things. And it's one intelligent system that can handle multiple topics. For instance, Big Blue can only play chess uh, or uh, Watson can only diagnose cancer. We're looking now at entering a realm where one program would be smarter than the best minds on Earth on everything. In fact, have the computing power of 
more than all minds on earth put together uh, would would have. Uh, and we're not even sure if if it will eventually control us or will ever be able to control it. Um, but it, Putin is right. Whoever gets this uh, rules the world. And I have been assured by people uh, who know this stuff in the Pentagon that don't worry, we're going to be fine. And I'm like, you know, I don't think you should ever say that because you guys having it, I'm not sure is the best thing. <laughs> but anyone having this is not good. Google does not care. And I don't understand that. I don't understand how they can be dealing with something that is this dangerous and still be willing to share it with the Chinese who are knowingly locking people up into concentration camps. Yeah, and more to the point, they're using AI-supported technologies to do that, to right. track to lock up, to sometimes forcibly sterilize their Uyghur Muslim minority, you know, and but so contrast that, right? Google has no problem opening an AI office in Beijing and working with the Chinese, but they won't work with our U.S. government citing ethical obligations. This was a specific project called Project Maven, where Google was supposed to work with the United States government to develop AI that would be used for drone technology. Well, Google's employees said, no way, we're going to protest this. About 4,000 of them signed a letter. We're refusing to do this. So Google pulled out of the contract and has been hesitant and reticent to join the U.S. government in you know, any AI project since then, but have no problem, again, working with the Chinese who obviously very openly are committing gross human rights violations, sometimes using AI technology. So it's a real it's of concern because, again, you know, the U.S. government for many years has relied sort of on private industry, private research sort of this U.S. national champion model where they outsource a lot of this, you know, this research and development to private corporations. But when you have companies like Google, who, again, will not work with the government, but also their AI department for the last year has been just embroiled in a woke struggle session about, you know, either the resignation or termination, depends who you talk to, of a woman named Timnit Gebru, who is a, a, um, a very well-known black research lead in AI. They got into a conflict with her and it's dominated their entire AI department. So again, no one's laughing harder about that than the Chinese, because you know who isn't involved in woke struggle sessions? China. Uh, I, I find it amazing. I don't know if you've followed, but uh, Microsoft uh, has just developed the most powerful language software, um, artificial intelligence that has ever been developed. And they won't release it yet uh, because of wokeness it will uh, at times um spit out things that are uh not woke and they need to stop that before and i thought to myself what are you what are you teaching this thing who is teaching this and what are you teaching because you know you don't you don't don't fear the machine fear the software and fear the people who built the software what was it that they put in as a goal well, that's the question, you know, and, and I think that's one of the big challenges with AI development is that it very much takes on the biases of people who create it. So I think there is there are good questions being asked about the ethics, who's programming, what are we getting it right? But in so many cases where, again, we are in a sort of geopolitical battle 
or dominance of this technology with China. And we are getting caught up in just circular firing squads where you cannot get this technology out the door because of, you know, special interest groups or, you know, this faction or that faction. And it's really like if we're going to win this war, we have to be able to sort of make collective decision making and move on. And we are unable to do that, presumably even at at the private level, but also even in the government. And this should be really concerning to anyone who is worried about sort of competition with China, global dominance with China. This is a key area where we are failing and we don't have a lot of time to get it right. So let me change subjects here, um, because I know you wrote the book Conservative, Knowing What to Keep. Um, there is a change that is happening right now. And and I'm seeing this from a great deal of people, people even like uh, Joe Rogan, who would not necessarily classify themselves as conservative, um, but certainly don't classify themselves as progressive. And they are wide awake and conservatives are. I'm not even sure how to define it anymore. I know what I'm for, and I'm for the Bill of Rights. I'm for equal protection under the law for everyone. Uh, I believe in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and none of it has been done for a long time, and it's all gone almost now. So what is it? How would you describe what the conservative believes in now? So it's a great question. I think your diagnosis of the issue is is apt in that the conservative movement is in flux. And this has happened many times before. I think what what what's happened for a long time in D.C. is that people have identified conservatism with a set of policies or ideologies when, in fact, it's always been about principle. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes conservatism sustain is that it's the broad principles that can be applied to new challenges in every generation. And that's why, unlike progressive you know, ideology, it does, it's not brittle. Um, but unfortunately, I think too many people have ascribed it to this sort of rote dogma or ideology. And so what I think we're seeing now is a lot of the institutional conservative movement here where I am in D.C. waking up to the fact that, hey, the country doesn't look like it did in 1980. <laughs> it's yeah. a different country. We have a different base. We have a different set of challenges. Our principles can handle this. Our traditions are made for this. And that is preservation of the family, you know, preservation of of traditions that have worked over time, an emphasis on individual liberty, an an ordered liberty that fits, you know, within our democratic tradition, our speech values, our religious liberties, and bringing those to bear to the modern problems. Those policies are going to look different than they did in 1990 or 1980 or even 2000. And that's okay, because again, we are not a party that's driven by this, you know, ideological conviction to dogma. We, We are creative problem solvers that keep our principles in mind and make policy accordingly. And I think right now what we have is a left that is hell bent on destruction Mm -hmm. of anyone who doesn't agree with them. And so I think a lot of conservatives need to wake up to that moment and be a lot more aggressive than they have been in previous years, because we are not dealing with a left of again, 20 years ago, we are dealing with a totalitarian ideology that seeks to destroy anything that gets in its way. And that's, we haven't seen that in a long time. And I, I would say that it's not just conservatives that need to wake up. It is the independents and the Democrats. I mean, if you are a Democrat and you always have been, you have to understand that's that's not who you're voting for anymore. Uh, that, that's not what they're doing. You are in bed with radical revolutionaries 
for instance, Google working with China as opposed to the United States. I could understand them saying, I'm, we're not working with any government. We're not doing that. We're not giving this to China. They suck. And you know what? We think the United States might misuse it, too. We're not going to do that. Okay. But that's not what you're dealing with. You're dealing with people who are intentionally trying to destroy the West. And, uh, and you got to wake up. Our Bill of Rights no, has yeah. to be protected. No, that's right. And I think, you know, for a long time, there's been this notion that, oh, well, the, the left just wants to live and let live. No, no, they don't. no, they don't. They do not want you to live. And I think there's been a, an acknowledgement that, oh, you know, the, the free market will solve problems. Corporations will always do what's best for their bottom no. line. Well, that's obviously been proven false as well. Right. It's not, you know, oh, Republicans buy sneakers, too. It's Republicans buy sneakers, but maybe they shouldn't. And that is what is driving a lot of these corporations mm-hmm. who are actively working not only against the interests of consumers who disagree with them, but, you know, with countries who are our are, are rivals. So our policies have to reflect this new reality. And, you know, hey, it's a struggle to get people to pay attention to that in D.C., but some of us are speaking out about it. Rachel, thank you. Thank you for everything. Senior Policy Director, Conservative Partnership Institute, also the co-author of the book Conservative, Knowing What to Keep. Rachel Bavard is uh, her name. My Patriot Supply, you've heard the rumors, meat is about to become a luxury like champagne. That's actually not a rumor. That is something that the head of JBS has said. JBS is the largest meat processing uh, company. Also, they're working on, you know, it's incredible meat. Uh, They're saying that it's going to be a luxury item like champagne. Huh. If you've been to the grocery store lately, you've seen what's out of stock and what continues to be out of stock and what is continuing to rise. You need to help yourself and your family now so you can help others if this thing gets down to the level of disaster that it could. Uh, Let me look for this real quick. There is a story that I'm going to cover next hour. Uh, The Fed forecast is terrifying. Um. Here it is. A billionaire supermarket owner warns food prices will go up tremendously. Oh, okay, great. He warned that food giants such as Nabisco, PepsiCo, Coca-Cola will prioritize raising prices on products. I've seen 10% price increase in the next 60 days, he said. The trend is not going to drop anytime soon. I see food prices going up tremendously. You've got to be ahead of the curve, and the way they're doing it is they're dropping all promotions. They're dropping low-moving items. Why give away something when you don't have to give it away and make more margin? Uh, there is, um, we're, in, we're headed for trouble. We're headed for trouble. If you just want to stay ahead on you know, things that will eventually become like, oh, that was stupid. Um, Thanksgiving turkey. Get it now. If you want to look more long term and realize this is not about one day or one meal, please go to preparewithglenn.com. Save $100 on a three-month emergency food kit. Everyone should have it, I think, I think a year, quite honestly. Everyone should have a year's worth of emergency food, but three months is really kind of a minimum. You can save $100 on a three-month emergency food kit for up to 25 years. It stays packed and fresh, uh, and it's really good and good for you. It has enough calories for everybody for you know each day. 
It's a hundred dollar off per uh, per kit. Get one for each member of your family. Go to preparewithglenn.com right now. It's preparewithglenn.com. Your kits are going to be shipped fast and delivered to your door in unmarked boxes. It's preparewithglenn.com. Ten second station ID. Imagine one day you are a free woman. You're going to college with the money your parents saved. You're excited to finish an education that your mother couldn't finish. You wear Western clothes. You travel freely without a male guide. You've never known the Taliban. You've never even seen them. You've only heard the horror stories from your parents' generation. And you think you have a stable democracy with a constitution. Equality under the lie, uh, uh, under the law, peace and hope for the future. And then the president of the United States says from halfway across the world, we're going to be leaving that country. And the Taliban drives into town, flags and guns waving. Your family tells you, get out now. But this means leaving your family, family who has been marked by the Taliban as a high value target because they worked with the military. You grab some money, a few valuables, you load into a bus with 150 other young college women to head to a neighboring uh, country for safety, only to find out that you are trapped by the Taliban. You know what they want. You know what they do to women. And they get on your bus. What do you do? This is a true rescue story that we're covering tonight in a completely different kind of show on my Wednesday night special. I am going to introduce you to two women, uh, both from Afghanistan. One was already here trying to get her babysitter, baby sister out against all odds. And the other, Asma, was the one on that bus. This is a story... Honestly, this is a story of God helps those who help themselves. You have to do your part, but at some point you've done all you can. And that's when God comes in. And this is an amazing, amazing story, a story of heroism, a story of women being empowered, knowing what to do and a story for anybody who has been praying or been giving to any institution to get people out of Afghanistan that you're going to love to see. Tonight, don't miss it. It's at 9 p.m. on, on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use a promo code Glenn for details. Right after a brand new Students America! Uh, I couldn't... I, I, <laughs> I can't I even finish. I tried to get all the way. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's uh, let's talk about um, Rectech. Since the price of meat is going up even further, it is really important when you cook it, you do a good job. You don't want to you don't want to burn hamburger. Well, um, Rectech has helped me do that. I mean, I have burned food on on grills with the best of them. I mean, you know, coming out and it's like, oh, it's on fire. Uh, you know, in a in a place where it really appreciates meat, they would have chased me out with pitchforks and uh, and really steak knives, honestly. 
I can cook on a Rectech, which means I can cook every meal to perfection, and you can too. If you haven't already checked out a Rectech, you need to. Do it now. Holidays are coming up. You're going to want it for all the festivities. Uh, it's smart grill technology. Thing cooks anything you put on it in perfection. The grilling, smoking, even baking. Rectech. Go there now. Visit RECTEQ.com. That's Rectech with a Q. RECTEQ.com. Tonight, a brand new Glenn Beck with an incredible story from Afghanistan you're not going to want to miss. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn right after a brand new Studios America. Whoa. The queen has been uh, told by her doctors that she needs to stay on bed rest and cancel her trip to uh, Northern Ireland, which, oh my God. Can you imagine losing the queen now and having Prince Charles? She's got to be in her Rolls Royce going, Excuse me. Do you have like some really spoiled mayonnaise that I could give my son right now? I'm just. Nah, mom wouldn't do that. I, no, I don't think mom would do that. Yeah. That would not. The queen be. might. The queen might. The queen might. Mm-hmm. The queen would be like, I've got to protect England and my son will be a nightmare. Okay. Uh, let me. Uh, that's wrong. The other thing is uh, the job doesn't actually do anything. So I don't think it's all that oh, important he will. Who, who holds it. Oh, he'll destroy England. Will he? Oh. How? He has no power. Oh, he will. <laughs> just he a, will. Just That thing will be, you know, uh, uh, you know, the palaces, mm-hmm. those things are going to be museums in no time. I mean, like, but again, that wouldn't destroy the country. That would do nothing. None of that. None, nothing related to the British royal family means anything. That's that's the summary of all the stories well, about the British I'll royal family. You, I'll give you that. But it is a tradition that. Yes. You know, I'm not paying for. So I like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I lived in England, I'd hate them. I'd hate them because why? Wait, I'm paying. Wait, what am I doing? Hang on. No, I don't think so. But I am American, so so I kind of like it. We have a tradition of a monarchy, so we're just going to spend. No, they're going to. No, I'm saying if you were in England, uh, we're going to we're going to do what now? We're just going to buy them all this stuff. Yeah, that's what what I would be saying. Yes, that's and I'd be saying abolish the monarchy. Yeah, I would be saying that. But since I'm a tourist, (laughs) right? I think it's kind of quaint and cool. <laughs> this is a cool palace. Right. right. It's yeah. really neat. I, I like that. that. Look, they have guards. Let's try to make them laugh. <laughs> That's our I think it's extent. an important tradition that Americans started long ago, and uh, we, we can't lose those guys in the funny hats. Can't. Can't. What are our kids going to do when they go over to England if they can't try to make that guy laugh? Just drink Guinness. <sighs> and I'm about to tell my kids to start drinking. <laughs> uh, let me... Uh, let me give you a couple of things here. Uh, first, may I just may I just say thank you to In-N-Out Burger. Mm. The In-N-Out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I knew I, I had you, you got me In-N-Out Burger, didn't I? Yeah. The San Francisco In-N-Out Burger was shut down after employees allegedly didn't check for customers' vaccine documents. 
Oh my gosh, you mm-hmm. must be mm-hmm. vaccinated because yeah. of, for all the healthy activity you're mm-hmm. about to participate in inside the In-N-Out Burger, mm-hmm. you must be protected. Mm-hmm. Right. In San Francisco, people have been required since August 20th to show proof that they've been vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to uh, enter some indoor places like restaurants, gyms, and bars. I'm sure Home Depot is fine still. Mm-hmm. The fast food restaurant uh, located in Fisherman's Wharf was forced to shut down on October 14th, but has now reopened with indoor dining remaining unavailable, the company said. A statement, in and out chief legal and business officer Arnie Weisensinger uh, defended not having employees check their customers' vaccine status. Uh, now, don't you want to hear this from more companies? We refuse to become the vaccine police for any government. We fiercely disagree with any government dictate that forces a private company to discriminate against customers who choose to patronize their business. This is a clear government overreach. Amen. That is fantastic. You know. There's an argument to be made. If you want to come up with a vaccine mandate that you want to police, then use your police to do it, right? You're forcing these companies to micromanage the health of everybody that Some walks in the door. Some are being forced. Some are being forced. Not all of them. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's so much of this you could just ignore. I mean, I, look, we should fight against it because it's wrong. But so much of this you can ignore. I was talking to, uh, I think it was Ami Horowitz was in town. And you know Ami. Uh, mm, I love him. Great filmmaker. Uh, does a lot of great things. And we've talked to him a bunch of times. And I asked him, I'm like, what's it like in New York right now? That's where he lives. They've got these vaccine mandates to walk in the door of these restaurants. I'm like, what's what's real life like? He said, some places are doing it. But the vast majority, you just go in and no one says anything to you. You know, I mean, and that's I, that, I, like, this is the thing. You know, we talk about all of this stuff so often and so much of it is focused on the government policy which is important but there's a big element of this that if you just don't do it it doesn't happen if well, you're a as business long owner as npr hasn't convinced somebody in your employee to rat on you to osha and someone will in a, in a lot of these bigger sure companies they will. Uh, but again so much of this can just be ignored you know i mean so much of this can just be you know we have speeding mandates all over every single town and the people who want to go the speed they want to go generally just go that speed you know i mean and like yes sometimes they pull people over (laughs) but like everyone kind of knows it's a joke people go the the speed that they think is appropriate 90 percent of the time and we we sometimes give too much credence to government you know we don't listen to them and this is the united states of america we do what we think is right most of the time and sometimes people get caught up in overreach of government, so we must fight back against it. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but we also should take take responsibility for our, our own actions and standing up against this stuff personally. It's not always just about what the government does. Mm-hmm. Well, may I just say, mm-hmm. friends. Yes. Friends, I'd like to open the scriptures right now. You see, friends, it was the 11th century B.C. in the land of Israel. Samuel had been the judge of Israel. And his sons who took his place had fallen away. They had fallen away. Amen. They had fallen away. Now, friends, this was a judge. 
This was a judge, not the same thing as a king. The true king of the Israelites was God. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I get a name? I didn't ask for hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. The judges were the people who God used to rescue Israel from its enemies. And there were many, many enemies. And the judges were usually held high in esteem. Can I get an amen? You can get an amen! But the sons of Samuel straight away, oh, they wanted that evil lucre. They wanted their money. They distorted justice in exchange for bribes. They forgot the way of life that God had given them. And so the people, the people all gathered together and they began to cry out for a king. Give me a king. King! I don't, that's not how this. (laughs) They said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel didn't want to do this. So he asked God for advice and God said to Samuel, if the people ask for a king, I mean, I mean, they're rejecting me, but you know, they don't want me to be their king. Fine, I don't have to be their king. Beat it. Or something like that. You see, the Israelites were stubborn and God knew it. So he told Samuel to warn. Hey, if you want a king, you know, to roll over you, this guy's going to draft your sons into service, going to make your daughters work in the kitchen, take the best crops, redistribute them, impose heavy taxes. You know, it's just tell them that, will you? Tell them it's from me. They'll get it. So Samuel told the people, he said, we don't want to. We don't want a king. And they said, we want to be like other nations. We want a king to fight our battles. And so God warned the Israelites that he could not save them for the consequences of their choice. That a king would do all of those terrible things. And when they cried for freedom, God was like, oh, you want me now? Oh, I thought you didn't want me. I thought you wanted a king. Why don't you cry to a king to have him save you? Because I told you, you got to do your part. You got to do the things that you want to do. And uh, when you when you cry out for a king, you're going to get it. And he's going to control everything. And Israel received the king that they asked for. Can I get an amen? Running low on amens. Supply chain issues. <laughs> uh, right now. All right, stop. This is what's brilliant about the Bible. It lays out universal truths about human nature. We are all looking for someone to come in and save us. And really, it's us that need to save ourselves. If you want a king to save us, if you want somebody to ride in on their white horse to save us, I'm warning you right now, that's the wrong way to go. That's what that's what the Democrats did. They wanted to get rid of Donald Trump, and they said, he is a king. He's going to do all these things and subject our children to the flag and stuff. And so they voted for a different kind of king. People will give up the burden of freedom for the ease of the moment. I want you to listen to that. People will give up the burden of freedom. 
What is the burden of freedom? What does that mean? To be free, it carries a heavy price. You have to do stuff. If you want to be free and you don't want a king to rule over you, that means you have to rule over you. And you have to make some really tough decisions. You can't say, you know what, give the power to keep all of us safe to a king. Because once that power is given to that king, that power is not going to give it back. You read stories in history and it keeps repeating itself over and over and over again. Why? Because people are stupid. People think this time it's different. And you know, one time it was the American experiment. It was truly revolutionary. They were not crying out for a king. They cried out for the king to be removed. They were willing to die for the burden of a free conscience. Where the Israelites rejected God as their king in the story, the new Americans declared only God could be man's king and no other man. Now you would expect when America falls back and we lose our way that we would fall back to the original factory settings, but we're not. We fall back into the cycle of bondage. America changed everything. It is the longest standing democracy or republic in the world. Every free nation looks to us as the model of liberty. They may not agree with our choices, but we have always been the nation of God, and God was our king. The problems we have today is we are expecting and crying out for a king and a government to solve our problems. Anyone who we agree with to give all the power so we can go back to our lives. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for representatives. We want kings. That means we're the Israelites. It means we don't want God as our king anymore. And just like the Israelites, if we keep asking for a king, that is exactly what we will get and exactly what we will deserve. All right, our uh, sponsor this half hour is Goldline. Uh, speaking of kings, you know what kings uh, always fell back on? I mean, all the way back to Bible days. Gold. Whenever there was trouble, everyone fled to gold. Now, today, it looks like people are flying to uh, Bitcoin. Uh, but, you know, the government can shut that down at the drop of a hat. That is the new gold, but there isn't anything physical and there is no history of that at all. There is thousands of years of history with gold. I urge you, please diversify. If you have cash, if you have stocks, if you have anything like that, diversify. Maybe you put some in Bitcoin. Maybe you don't. Maybe you put some in gold. Maybe you don't. But you have to find out what's right for you. For my family... It's gold and silver. I want you to call Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE. Right now, they're giving away, at no cost, a one-tenth ounce platinum coin with qualifying order of graded $5 gold Indians. They've never given platinum away before. Its value and its demand, extremely limited, only for the next few orders. Call Goldline right now. 
1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, let me go to John in Texas. Hello, John. Hi, Glenn. How are you, sir? I'm good. Oh, the reason I'm calling is, uh, you know, where I live, there's a nuclear weapons plant. that's the heart of our national security and deterrent. And these guys are getting forced to take this vaccine, and half the workforce doesn't is not and don't want to. And I just feel like they're pushing these guys to do something, either quit or get terminated. And that's going to cause our national security. It's, it's, after what China did last week, <laughs> this is a big deal. And with all these people, if they walk off the job, we're losing clearances, we're losing expertise, training, years and years of knowledge that we need to keep maintain this deterrent. And it's just not, nobody's listening to them. And it's just a, a scary. How many people do you think this involves that will not get it or are at least claiming that now? Between 50 and 45 percent. And how many do you think will stand strong on that? That's right now. I know the guard force that they main they maintain security there. They're all ninety percent ready to walk out to protest. All right, hold, can you hold on just a, just a second, John? Hold on, I, I want to carry this over. Let's move the guest that we had to the bottom of the hour, uh, and because uh, I want to I want to address this. This none of this stuff makes sense. So let's talk about it next. This is the Glenn Beck Program.